Welcome to another episode of Hockey 24-7, brought to you by Raider Media. As always, you're with Derek Alberts and... Tyron Jabu Barnard. You know, it doesn't matter how many times I try that, it still isn't cool. No, it's not. Come on, try it again. You can do it. Come on. <clears throat> In the blue corner, Tyron Jabu Barnard. That, that, that Shane the Duke from EFC, you better watch out, I'm coming. There we go, that's it. And tell me, who do we have in the red corner as our guest tonight? I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, insult her name by, by trying to do it in <laughs> any funny way. Uh, tonight we are fortunate to be joined by not only a national hockey player, but also a national water polo player. So someone who puts A.B. de Villiers to shame... It is Marcel <laughs> Keith. How are you doing, Marcel? I'm good, thanks, and you. Uh, thank you for the awesome introduction. Yeah, just uh, can we organize for AB not to listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hope not. Or maybe we can have a little challenge and invite him on for the next time. I, I was going to say, no, it, it's, it's a great idea because you said you, I uh, think so. Marcel puts AB to shame. Maybe this will inspire him to pick up his cricket bat for the national team and go and represent South Africa at the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Or or he can start playing hockey and represent South Africa at the World Cup there because yeah. apparently he can do that too. <laughs> Even better. But this is yeah. not the A.B. de Villiers chat. This is the Marcel Key chat. <laughs> so, Marcel, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. So, First day back at school and um, it's been a very busy but good day. And which grade are you now in? <laughs> I've, I've just just gone into grade 12, so I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so, so Marcel, <laughs> right at the start, and it's really where I want to start because this is, a, yes. this is a hockey podcast. I'm busy throwing my mic around the studio here. This is a hockey podcast, <laughs> but you are not just okay. a national hockey player. You're also a national water polo player. So I think let, let's start with the water polo side of things. How, how? Okay. Okay. First and foremost, how do you cope being? And I know you've now stopped playing hockey for South Africa, but how did how did you cope managing both at the same time? Oh, you know what? I think that right in the beginning, I think my parents did it to keep me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, actually, I think that with the right um, combination, if you've got the the right support system. Them. Like I had like parents and my family that who were great support and you know carted me around from the polo pool to the hockey turf. Then I had some really supportive coaches that encouraged me to do um, every you know every um, activity possible, and they they really did benefit each other. So um, I, I was fortunate that it, it all worked out, and I I really think that um, more kids should maybe do the. Um, the double app or triple app, you know, it's really, it's, it's just so good to keep you, um, you know, physically fit, mentally strong. And yeah, I was just, I was lucky enough to have um, all those work out for me. And and having experienced it, and I know it's unfair to do this, but I did ask uh, Cindy Ack <laughs> a few weeks ago who her favorite yeah. child was. So having <laughs> experienced the FINA, World uh, Swimming Championships, having experienced the Commonwealth Games and an FIH Hockey yes. World Cup. 
yes. Does one stand out in your memory as as maybe just slightly higher than the others as your favorite? Oh, that's a tough one. But you know what? I mean, the the people around the sports um, arenas, like be it the water polo and the hockey, I mean, it's two totally, I can actually say that they're totally different experiences, but I'm still with the, the same, like um, the, the passion and the love of the sports. A lot of the, the girls that I play with in the water polo team are my very close friends. The girls in the hockey team are like some of my sisters. Um, one one particular moment in um, the water polo, which was pretty awesome, was in um, it was in Rome for the FINA World Champs water polo. I think it was in 2009. Um, all three key sisters made that team, so it was it was quite classic in the lineup. It was like number eight. Leanne Keat, number nine, Samantha Keat, number 10, Marcel Keat. So that was a really special, um, a special moment that stands out. But other than that, they've all been, each, each moment has been just incredible. And yeah, I wouldn't take it away. Yeah, we can only imagine how amazing that was for your parents. And, and I think a, an important yeah. question is, yeah. when your parents printed a shirt, which number did they put on their backs? Was it eight, nine or 10? Obviously. Obviously, it was number 10. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think, no, they um, they kept it neutral and they kept it key. That's it. You know, look, I know you've also got it one son. I've got one son. I know he's my favorite. And, you know, I, I have no shame yeah. in, in hiding behind the fact that... Uh, <laughs> You know, my parents had three kids, but they were the fondest of the middle one, which just happened to be me. <laughs> of course. But that's because middle children are very special. Yeah, and, and my brother and sister won't listen to this, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> well, while we're on water polo, uh, and, and yes. I'm sorry, I haven't given you any forewarning for this. And I also okay. don't, I don't really to be honest, know the rules of water polo too much except that you throw the ball into the goal and you guard each other's yeah, eyes underwater. Yeah, that's pretty good. If yeah, that's pretty form, spot on. Uh, see, yeah. and I've watched it a little bit when it's been on, but uh, if you had to form a five-a-side water polo side featuring only yeah. people you had played hockey with over the years. Hockey. Hockey people <laughs> in your water polo side. Awesome. Let, let's have a crack at who would be in your five-a-side water polo side. Oh my goodness! We've actually we've we've spoken about this on a few tours, and um, Lisa Dietlis would definitely be like number one because she is so feisty, and she was actually a really really good swimmer back in her day, like a really like a provincial kind of swimmer. So she would be number one because she's just so competitive, um, and because I think I'd have such a good laugh at her as well. Fantastic. <laughs> um, that's so. That's one. Um, Dirky Chamberlain, another one. Except I did invite Dirky to a water polo session once, and she didn't do too well in the in the water. She needs to kind of stick to land. Please say the um, videos. Shelly Russell, uh, of course. Shelly Russell was a great one because she's as feisty as she is on the field as she is in the water. Um, oh, who else was a good one? Sonani Mangisa was a great one, actually. She was also so competitive, and yeah. I think she would land up browning everybody as well. Marsha, Marsha, I would definitely have her in the pool too because she says she'll just she'll just like drown those girls. Oh, that's you know what's funny is that I think um, 
the the girls in the hockey team have been so competitive. So I think if you had to put them in any sport, like whatever, they would succeed. Oh, that's fantastic. Marcel, <laughs> I, I think with water polo, especially yes. if, you, if you're a non-competitor, if you don't really know too much about water polo, uh, a lot of the action... Well, yeah. 90% of the action happens below the water. And I, I played one or two games. I used to date a water polo player, and, and I did it for, for a bit of fun. And, yeah, it wasn't fun at all. Uh, treading water was the least <laughs> of my worries. I mean, I played rugby for many, many years, but I've never been scratched yeah. and kicked and punched in my life, <laughs> in my total rugby career, as I had in maybe two, three games of water polo. I mean, what you go through is excruciating. <laughs> How? How do you manage? No, it's, it is a really special sport. But I must say, like, the higher you go up in um, in the water polo, like, if you go to the, like, international scene, some of those teams are so good that you actually, they don't even need to do a single thing. They just outsmart, outplay you with, without even a pull or a scratch or a bite or anything. Oh, that the lower it, you go, I was then, at the lowest yeah. level, the absolute lowest level. Uh, probably still higher than me because uh, I, I genuinely have a problem yeah. is I can't float. I sink even in salt water. So, you know, can you imagine me in a, a water polo? People would be standing on my head. Yeah, no, yeah, that, you just that, that have to be it. strategic. You're uh, allowed to hang on anybody. I think I would riff. <laughs> yes, that's... <laughs> All right. yes. Bef- before this becomes uh, Water Polo 24-7, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'm just putting yes. out there is a marketing opportunity for anyone listening, Water Polo 24-7. Yes. Let's move on oh, to fantastic. hockey. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Marcel, obviously, I, you know, I've, I've had many encounters with you over the years, and it's been yes. fantastic to see of late um, how you have taken that progress from player to coach. Uh, oh, thank you. And you've just been overseas with uh, Yuru Sports. Can you tell us a little bit about that trip and then also a little bit about Yuru? Okay. Um, so it was actually quite a it was an, it was an incredible experience. And the way that it came about is that, um, I mean, through sport, you are connected to so much. And I played a, a I played a season in Holland at a club called Plains. Switzerland and I made really good friends there and um, the one day one of my friends on Instagram she was posting that she was going to the Tokyo Cup in um, it's the Griffin Tokyo Cup so I said oh my word that is an amazing opportunity and it was it was a group of um, players from all around the world that were meeting up to play in this Tokyo Cup so I was like that's such an incredible experience so she says yes you should come so I was like oh my word I would love to come and then I got a, a message about a few minutes later from the lady that organizes us from Uru and she said, Marcel, would you like to to come in as a coach? And I was like, yes, I would absolutely love that. So um, I ended up traveling to Japan, to Tokyo, met up with the girls the day before and they were girls from um, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, um, Holland, and we all formed this uh, Euro World team. And Uro is um, it's it's a company that um, you know it it recruits people to you know different universities, different clubs. If you want to go play overseas, it allows that opportunity and it bridges the gap between everybody around the world for hockey. 
So um, we played in this tournament, and um, not only did I have to coach, but three girls um, pulled out of the, the tournament, so I landed up playing as well. So we played against two Japanese teams. Um, the one team was the Coca-Cola team, which is the top club in uh, Japan, which had like about 10 Japanese internationals, and the other one was a, a Japanese university team. And the other team was a Griffin team, which was um, a team that were Griffin international players that they, they put together. So it was it was an in- incredible experience, playing-wise and coaching all these international players. It was really it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And Japan, Tokyo is going to be absolutely insane for the Olympics. And what do you think, if you're willing to answer this, are South Africa's opportunities <laughs> of being there? Well, coming up, World League in Spain, uh, I really have such, I have such a good feeling and such good confidence with the girls going to World League Spain. I really think it's an exciting team. Uh, I I'm fully um, supported of of the coach Robin, and I think that this is a really good way forward for the these girls and the South African team. So I really believe that they're going to do well at this tournament and um, going to be competitive, and that I'm really looking forward to see what the results are going to be. So from that tournament, oh, I really do hope that it's going to um, stand in good stead for the Tokyo Games. Marcel, what has the transition been going from the coaching side of things through to, uh, from the playing side of things, going through to the coaching side? Have have you struggled somewhat or or are you very happy with how things have turned out? (laughs) I think... um, if I can, and I think every player is going to go through this eventually. It becomes a part of your life when you are, when you're on tour and you're playing internationally and you're touring, and it's a massive, massive part of your life and experience. And you, when you step out of it, it's a massive. You have huge FOMO, the the highest FOMO you could ever think of, um, because it's so important to a part of your life and how you. You basically have um, lived that for so long that you want to keep being a part of it, whether it's playing or now you're moving on to the next phase. And I must say, like the the first year out of the team and then the second year out of the team, you still have that very, very um, urge to play in that um, level. But the transition going from player to coach I mean, I've had some incredible opportunities, you know, coaching PHL. I've kind of been player coach my whole life. So the coaching side of things has always been a massive passion for me. But from going from an international player into just being a coach, it's been a tough transition. But to be a part of this community and being able to share my knowledge and my passion and my enjoyment of the game with the next generation has been um, I'm I'm content and I'm and I'm so looking forward to you know the next opportunities and phases that I get. So the beginning bit is always tough because you always want to kind of um, keep doing what you you love for so long. But now there's a different dynamic to it, and it's just it's a different 
top of um, uh, being part of the team, but it's just as special. And I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really I'm content with where I am and where I'm going. Speaking to players who played at the highest level uh, across the board when it yes. comes to sport, who, who made the transition like you did from excelling yeah. as a player and then going on to be becoming a coach, um, that they all said the same thing in that they had a newfound respect for coaches because as a player yeah. they thought, how tough can this be? You, you're coaching the best <laughs> of the best. I mean, you should just really yeah. put us onto the park and just happen. say, yeah. go, go, go and make it happen. Yet, yet that's not the case. I mean, you've got all these individual yeah. personalities. You've got egos. You've got different skills, yeah. different strengths to deal with. I mean, ha- have you found that mm. pretty challenging? You said that you, you were very much a player coach during your playing days, but I, I, I yes. don't think it's all-encompassing when you go into a full-on role as a coach. When you go into that position. Um, you know what? I, I find that um, it's it's always it's it's been really it's been really good for me as a um, a player going into a coaching role because a lot of the the players um, they have like a respect and they really I just really gel with them nicely because if I say something as though um, you know you've got to different aspects of the game or certain. Um, playing styles that we want to do or certain um, um, different um, things that we want to incorporate in the game, they can look at me and go, okay, well, yeah, she knows what she's talking about. She's she's kind of done this for a good few years and um, you develop that respect with, um, with players, not only because you've done it yourself and they know you've done it yourself, but also um, you as a past player know how to treat those players. You know what they're going through emotionally, physically. You can understand it fully and you know how to approach the different types of players in certain ways that you can get the best out of them. And they can also respect you because they they can look at you and they know you've been through everything that they are going through at the moment. So I, I feel that it's a, it's, um, uh, it's a really good position to be in from the transition that I've been able to make. Yeah, and, and last year during PHL, we, uh, you and myself, we chatted quite a bit. Yeah. It, it's quite interesting to note, uh, <laughs> if you look up uh, Marcel Keats on, on the internet, uh, you first have to go through these hordes of fan pages and secret admirers. <laughs> but after that, um, you start to see videos of, I mean... They, and they're right a, at number one. You've got uh, Tyron's website. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's second. Um, but, uh, you know, th- there's there's an article there that says Marcel Keat of South Africa shows how passionate the Hockey Girls are. There's a, a video saying SA Hockey Girls celebrate with you front and foremost. And, you know, it's something uh, many other players have actually said about you in the past is that you were really the person that brought the gears. You, you just, you absolutely loved playing for your country. You loved winning with the girls. You yeah. loved winning for your team. How do you bring that same passion across as a coach? Because it is a bit more challenging. So I think throughout my life, my, I mean, my main motto, whether I was in a team or whether I was playing or coaching was, if my team is happy, then I am happy. If my team is happy, then they will perform at their best. Um, if I can bring that out in my team, that they um, love what they're doing, that they respect every individual. I mean, you don't have to 
You don't have to like every single individual in your team, but if you're all working towards a common goal and you are all um, you are all um, respectful for each other and each other's um, ideals, and you know if you work towards that, then the energy that I have, I can and I can share. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that that I bring everybody together and get the best out of everybody, be it on the field or off the field, or I mean even as a manager, whatever. Marcel, we, Tyron is a massive hockey fan. He's been covering hockey for many years. He's been playing hockey for many years now. And can uh, I just say that he has been absolutely fantastic for um, South African hockey going forward. It's been really good to have him on board and get hockey exposed. So really thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really has. Uh, it's been fantastic yes. having him on board. And, and, and he has done an exceptional job when it comes to the sport and promoting it. Now, Marcel, so now he's, yes. he's in that landscape and he wanted to do something that no one else has done. So he creates this okay. hockey podcast and, and that's yes. why I came on board. So now he tried to break the mold as far as media is concerned when it comes to hockey. Now, you've become a coach. From a playing perspective, yeah. you've moved over to coaching. What have you done or what do you aspire to do which would break the mold to what other hockey coaches have done? I mean, is there a thing that you've said, now this is going to be what I want to do? What I would like. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, I really want to, um, going forward, um, create a culture of South Africans to be um, – confident and um, proud of, of who they are and where they come from and um, and and going forward that they we are a seriously talented nation and um, I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more respect going forward because we, we really have so much passion and we have so much talent and that I think we owe it to ourselves to really, really give ourselves the best opportunity possible. And um, what I would love to do is as a, I'm not a I'm not a dictator. I don't I don't like coaching in that way. I love to um, allow the players to have freedom to to speak and freedom to um, be accountable for for their their style and their coaching and their their um, their sport. And um, I would love to be um, a coach going forward to you know get get South Africans to um, and the hockey players to. Um, really step out of their comfort zones and, and put themselves out there and um, really take ownership of the way that we play and not try and play like the Dutch or try to play like the Australians or try to play like, um, you know, a certain style that we rather embrace our own style. And if we start, we start, um, we start stepping into a different um, level. I mean, um, we've, we've just got so much potential to be great and, um, I would like, I would love us to reach that point where um, we have our own style. We have our own, you know, like um, identity, characters and identity and, and um, the players to be, to feel, feel free and open and not um, worried about, um, you know, failure and, um, you know, that I would love to bring that out of players and a team and, um, yeah, really going forward and create a real identity of South Africa. And, um, yeah. Marcel, would we, love 
Uh, yeah, I, I love I love the philosophy. I, I think uh, if if many people do embrace it, I, I think we can only get get so much better. Now, I mean, yes. you, you recently have moved over from the playing role to the coaching role. Ha- has yes. it been tough coaching players who were your teammates just the other day? I mean, we spoke about egos, etc., yeah. and and that's not yes. necessarily the case, and that's not a bad thing no. to to have when you are sports personality because yeah. I think that does lead to a lot of success being able to lead yourself from the front. So ha- has exactly. it been tough being able to give orders to to your old friends? Um, it's you know what we've always had such a good respect with each other as friends and as players as um, teammates. We've always wanted to bring out the best in each other. I mean, sure we have a good laugh and I mean we've got loads of laughs and stories that we have. But as soon as we get into that environment, um, we it, it's professional. So every knowledge and feedback that I'm giving to um, my my friends or teammates or, or players in my team, it's professional. The way that I come across is not um, not as a a friend to a friend, it's as a, a coach to a player or a mentor to a player or um, um, it's it's coming across that way. So when we step off the field, it's, it's I mean, we can enjoy ourselves and, and have a good laugh and all of that. But the moment we step on the field, we have a great respect for each other. So um, the other way around as well, the players respect where I am in the role that I am too. So, yeah, I really um, – I really – uh, were yeah from the players that are still in the team to myself I think it's a I think it's a great combination and I think that throughout the sports if you look look at all the teams that um, the players coming in that have just finished off their you know their careers I think that there's such a respect for those players that um, the moment they get into that environment it's um, it's a case of they're bringing in knowledge and um, an outside perspective as well as the experience of that and um, fresh fresh eyes, but it's not looking down at you. It's, it's the person that's been by your side the whole time. So I think that's quite um, a really cool dynamic to have. And uh, is there umpiring on the cards next? Because then you've done it all. <laughs> well, listen, I umpired a few games at um, – at the the camps that we just had, and I didn't have any many complaints. I thought it was quite. <laughs> it's a lot tougher without so video referrals, huh? Hey? <laughs> no, listen, it was. No, I don't think that's it. That's another ball game. Those are very special people, I must say. And uh, how's the golf going? I understand that uh, you're quite the keen <laughs> golfer as well. Listen, I love playing golf. It is the most amazing yet frustrating game <laughs> ever. If I can say it, I love to smash the ball as far as I can as a typical hockey player. But then all that little stuff, yeah, I'm working on it, let's say. I'm working on it. Uh, I tell you what, the, the Ladies Sunshine Tour is getting more competitive by the day and there are plenty of sponsors getting involved and more events <laughs> getting added to the mix as we speak. I mean, but there's still always an opening for a, a former hockey, water polo player, umpire extraordinaire. Um <laughs> Do you, do you reckon you oh, can try and don't do that to my competitive side. <laughs> don't do that to my competitive side. It's already itching to do something well, something next. You know, Marcel, um, Derek is actually a really, really, really cuck golfer. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, 100%. But he can caddy. 
So if you ever need oh, a really? caddy, well, he can carry a bag and he can talk nonsense for 18 uh, I'm, I'm as good a caddy as I am as bad a golfer. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm going to need lots of guidance in that um, short game. You can pay him like Matt Kutcher pays a caddy. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take off. Um, <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe in the future. Keep watching. Lovely. Here we go. All right. So, so Marcel, if, if you've listened to the, the first couple of episodes, uh, we, we like to round things off, and when we say round yes. things off, we probably ask you this question and then another two or three after that because that's <laughs> what we do. But uh, we have the Hockey 24-7-1 question quiz. Now, this okay. quiz is aimed to test you, but it's, a, it's yes. a question that you should be able to answer if you're extremely alert to the things that you've done in the sporting world. Okay. And for your question, we go back... Not even a year ago, to the 11th of August 2018, you took yes. charge as a head coach in the yes. Premier Hockey League. You had already been an yes. assistant, but you took charge as the head coach of the Blyde River Bunters. Yes. And your opening game was against the Madikwe Rangers. This is not your question. Correct. Do you know what the score oh, was? Okay. We. This isn't your question, though. Just oh, we there. lost that game. No, we no, lost that game. No, you won it 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. Oh, I, okay. I, I, fear, I fear the real oh. question is going to be a struggle then. <laughs> I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting so, for this. So, the real question is, who scored is. the goal for the Tivoli Taps Blood River Bunters in that game? Carmen Smith for corner. It was not Carmen. And, oh. I, and I don't know why I chose this because it's, it's much more difficult for me. It was Mamuagi Kungwane. Aggie on Aggie. the tippet. That was off it. The post. I think she even jumped out of her shoe and her shoe was left and inside I, the circle and, and she scored. And there's actually, I think, <laughs> a really good photo of that from uh, from the event. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. You went you went from not knowing what actually happened in the game with regards to the result. Now you know the exact second what the action was, <laughs> how the goal took place. Nice comeback. Yep. It, it was a good comeback, it's but all, unfortunately. It's always about the comeback. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but we can't put you on the honours board. So, no. oh no! You know, you can, know can, can I give her one? Yeah, why not? This is, yes, this please is, this redeem is, myself. Is this double or nothing? Uh, yeah, that's quiz. a good one. Okay, but this is very odd. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's do it. This guy made his mm-hmm. debut for South Africa on the tenth of September, twenty thirteen, and it was against Zimbabwe at Orlando Stadium. And I'm not talking about hockey. I'm talking about football. He is also okay. the number one goalkeeper. And his surname is Keith. Hey, you're on the right track. He's the number his one keeper for Bidvest Vits. But, yep. His surname is Keith. And oh. his name... I'll give you a clue. Okay. It starts with... It's not tiring. Between A <laughs> and Z. <laughs> oh, man, what a clue. <laughs> he actually just played in Libya, if that helps. Uh, yeah, he did. Okay, here's a clue. I- his name okay. starts with the same letter as my name. D. Okay. I think it is. Darren Keith. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, have, you have redeemed yourself. Um, you can add yes. that to your CV. 
Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was a double or nothing. Jeez, very well done. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> so, Marcel, I think the last thing from my side, you now yes. have a, a young son. He's a, a little bit older than yes. mine and uh, he can already swim better. So, <laughs> just saying my son. he didn't my, really my, have a chance. Yeah, my son's not going to be a water polo player, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> maybe hockey. If you had to leave Morgan one, just one piece of advice as he goes on his sporting adventure in life, what would that be? If I had to give um, Morgan some advice for going forward, it would be to never give up and to and to really love what you're doing. Oh, man, that's that's fantastic. And it, yeah, it doesn't have to. Cliché, I think Tyron said it just before he got, got cut off. Uh, it's never cliché when it comes to your kids. And uh, yeah, it's the most yes. apt thing. Well, the most perfect thing to tell your kids, I think that is the one uh, true motivational factor that you can incorporate amongst anyone that's that you love and, uh, yeah, just yeah. never give up. Um, unfortunately, though, we, we're going to have to give up this interview because we've come to the end, but it's been magnificent. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marcel. And, and we Thank really... Thank you guys so much. And we can't wait to see you out there on the sidelines this time, but... Uh, Maybe out yes. on the golf course in the not too distant future. <laughs> and I definitely think there's <laughs> a bit of a, a head-to-head there with you, Dan Nickel, A.B. De Villiers. Oh, my goodness, that's and for Derek. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but thank you so much, Derek, and thank you, Tyron. You guys are awesome, and I love what you guys are doing for um, the hockey. So oh, thank fantastic. You. Thanks, Marcel. Thanks, Marcel. Ciao. Okay. Keep well. Bye. So, so Derek, uh, I mean, Imagine that. Imagine being able to represent your country in not just one sport, but in two and go to the, the absolute pinnacle and play in the biggest events. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely blows my mind. And I mean, I remember I represented a bit of an Eastern Cape Province vibe at rugby once or twice. And I mean, for me, that was just the absolute highlight. I mean, I can't imagine representing my country in one sport, never mind two. Yet she's done it and excelled. Yeah, look, uh, I got my first ever provincial colours for chess. Ooh, I'm just putting it. it out there. Chess 24-7, it hasn't been taken <laughs> yet. Uh, but you know, as I was preparing for this, I came across an article and I thought this is a really cool little list to uh, end, the, end this episode off with. Yeah. It's uh, called 10 Things That Prove You Are a Field Hockey Player. Okay. Number one, you have a bruise, a scar, or injury story. Number two, you have those special sock tan lines. <laughs> Number three is you've learned that no deodorants on the planet can cover up the smell of hockey goalie kits. Number four is when invited to events, the first thing you do is check your schedule to make sure it doesn't clash with the hockey game. Number five, and this probably applies for most sports, but you get annoyed that your non-hockey friends are not interested in your heroics on the field. Number six is you think you could kill someone when you get tackled. Number seven, of course, you have a debate over the hockey uh, stick brand, which is the best. Uh, I use Princess, I'm just saying. Uh, Number eight is your hockey bag is full of stuff you don't need or use, and sometimes it's a bit old. Number nine, you dread getting a stinky bib to wear at training. And of course, number 10, you can't wait for a new season, especially to choose a new stick. Lovely. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up to perfection. Thanks, uh, as always, Jabu. It's been a, a great time uh, chatting to you and Marcel. What a great character. A double South African athlete. And, uh, yeah, who knows, could she make it a triple with golf very much on the cards? Uh, we'll chat to you guys next time. Ciao.